You're listening to the Tuesday Talks podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology. As the leaders for identity verification in the communications ecosystem, we take a hard look at the changes being made by Elon Musk at Twitter in this week's episode. With the new pay for verification model of the blue check mark, Rebecca and Anise discuss how it's not just the content we can't trust, but the identity behind the source of information itself. They discuss the rampant fraud seen on the platform since the changes and what this could mean for the future of identity presentation in communications and on Twitter. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand identity and communication industry. I'm Anis Jaffer, Chief Product Officer at Numerical, and I'll be hosting uh, today's session with Rebecca Johnson, Founder and CEO of Numerical. Hey, Anise, thanks for having me on Tuesday Talks. It's good to get together right. again. Yes, it's our roles are reversed. Usually you're hosting, and I'm I'm the one who is uh, chiming in, but I'm going to take your, your seat today. I think you'll do fine. It's going to be an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about Twitter. So on face value, it may seem like it's a little bit outside of what we uh, normally cover. However, we believe it's pertinent to everything we do, right? It's all about identity, especially enterprise identity. Uh, To set the stage, uh, by now, everyone knows uh, or should know that uh, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter and he's running the show over there. Uh, it's just fascinating to see and follow uh, the tweets and what's happening over there uh, from employees getting fired, um, one-name coding sessions, and uh, uh, getting Trump back on the platform. So all kinds of things <laughs> happening there. Right. So it's been non-stop news out of Twitter. Um, but one of those headlines uh, was that they announced that they're going to start charging for blue check marks. Uh, so now blue check marks for those unfamiliar with the in the uh, in the Twitter space uh, is an identifier. It's literally a blue check uh, that's on your profile uh, for users and entities that have been verified uh, as legal and and they and that they exist. Uh, it's not for bots or parody accounts or fake accounts. Uh, now it used to be that Twitter would uh, would verify these uh, entities or individuals uh, like politicians, celebrities, public figures, journalists, and they would they would verify that they are indeed a real person and it's a real entity. Uh, it's a time-consuming process uh, when you apply for it. Uh, the Twitter team would, would go through it and then eventually you would get it. It was a status symbol to get a blue check um, on Twitter. Now, when Musk took over, uh, he decided that Twitter should be charging for the blue checks. Obviously, it's a way for them to monetize. Um, And they came out with, they're going to give blue check for anyone that's paying $8 per month. And now, as soon as that news hit, Rebecca, you pinged me. You said, this is crazy. How can they do this? This It's going to be chaos. Um, So what was your immediate reaction uh, and and why why did that trigger that yeah i th- i think my immediate reaction was iceberg ahead <laughs> iceberg um and nobody listened so it was like go grab the popcorn cuz uh this is a definitely a show to watch just like you said um it, and it be, it was very easy to predict exactly what was going to happen 
Um, but what was sad is it seemed like it wasn't all that predictable for Musk. So, it, you know, um, what that kind of told me, I think he's a brilliant person. I think he's a very smart man. He obviously runs really good businesses. But when it comes to identity, you got to know what you're doing when you mess around in that space. And when you don't know what you don't know, it's disaster. It is a complete and utter disaster. What's interesting about this experience is with social media, when we talked about trust, it really was more about information, right? It was the content. Can I trust that that's real content? Can I trust that that you know doctor's analysis is truly a doctor's analysis? Can I trust that this information from this media outlet is truthful? We're not even talking about content. We're just talking about the actual account that's delivering whatever content. Content could be truthful. But now we just don't even trust the account itself and who's behind it. Uh, so right. now there's like two major problems that uh, Twitter is trying to address on on that side. And um, but, you know, I don't let any you know good disaster go to waste. Uh, this also, for me, became the springboard for entity identity. This is our world. This is what we live in. This is what we talk about. It's nice that we sit in this little bubble and talk about entity identity all day long. But with what happened at Twitter, we now have at the executive level within large organizations that, you know what, our identity is important. Our identity needs to be protected. And when someone is allowed to impersonate a brand on a platform that communicates information, that can have real revenue impact. So mm -hmm. that's the narrative, you know, that that's changed with this. Um, so so yeah, my immediate reaction was, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> it's good. Right. This is a really really bad idea. I you took phone a credit card and eight dollars a month uh yeah. that's how we get fraud on the voice channel it's like okay he just literally took us all the way back to ground zero on this one and it's like all right now we have fraud it's going to be rampant right and i think what um what um enhanced it uh, to, to, to the negative side was that people were used to trusting blue check marks because twitter used to verify right so they verified enterprises, they verified um, uh, celebrities or, or individuals. So when there was a blue check mark, they know that they are they, you know, you come to trust that that profile was a valid profile. Now, opening it up for pay uh, and uh, anybody getting that, I think that trust got broken very quickly. Um, and we, we saw a couple of examples, which was outrageous. Um, yes. For example, you know, I think uh, Eli Liddy had, um, had somebody um, sign up as Eli Lely and they tweeted uh, t uh, that all vaccines would be available for free. Um, and then uh, I think the, the other one was Lockheed Martin. Um, somebody uh, signed up as Lock Lockheed Martin, got a blue check and tweeted uh, they were, they're not going to do business with Saudi Arabia or Israel, something like that. And the next thing you know, uh, they had a huge hit on their stock market, uh, in, in the stock market, and they lost billions. I mean, this is, this is where the real world impact is. There was an immediate effect um, on the on the share price, and both Eli and uh, Lockheed Martins have since uh, announced that they are going to stay away from Twitter for the time being. They are pulling out all the ad ad uh, ads that they are posting, and since then, a bunch of enterprises that have followed and said that they are not going to be 
uh, posting any ads or uh, on Twitter until they get some clarity on what's going on there. Yep. And I and I think what that is showing, uh, especially for the one, it wasn't vaccine, it was insulin because they're the, you know insulin costs yeah, are through the like roof um, for uh, patients. So they're like, hey, it's going to be free, right? That's no, they would never say that, unfortunately. Um, so right. what what became very obvious is Anise. If some other account that didn't present as that company said insulin is free from Eli Lilly, nobody would believe it. They wouldn't act <laughs> on it, right? That's mm-hmm. a content uh, trust issue. Most people would be like, "Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, whatever. It's fake account." It would be obvious. We wouldn't be able to actually impersonate that account. But when you have a company business name, you have the logo. And you have a blue check mark. Consumers should expect that they can trust that the platform that delivered that information, presented it as such, did some kind of verification to ensure that that entity is who they say they are. Exactly. I don't know. This kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> we might be onto something in these. <laughs> yeah, but and that brings to why this is important, right? So we've been talking about blue check and verified check on um, on Twitter, but it's it translates or it, there is a parallel uh, here in the voice ecosystem where we are talking about branded calling and presenting the branded information with a check mark. So the importance of having a check mark or having an identity and verifying it and presenting it the right way carries a lot of weight. Uh, as as um, we found with Twitter, um, companies are are going to have their brands uh, misused if they if there is no check and uh, there is no verification on how it's presented. I think having that establishing the trust is one thing and then making sure that it uh, it is not broken is is another element to this whole thing. Yeah. And I and I want to give credit to uh, conversations that we've had with the carriers, you know, uh, the major wireless carriers. This is a topic that's always been important um, as the deliverer of the communications to the consumer and the um, entity that presents information to the consumer, whether it be a name or a logo or a call intent, um, the, it's we live it and experience it. There is a high bar, a very high bar for verified information. How that verified information is established, how it gets attached into the network, how it's protected. So even this experience has also caused me to just step back a bit. And sometimes I get maybe frustrated that it's like, oh, they're asking for too much. Um, You know, uh, just because it takes a little bit of work, that shouldn't be a deterrent to doing what's right. And Twitter has shown that when you compromise for the sake of revenue uh, to for the verification, it has real negative impacts. And I don't know how Twitter comes back. I don't know. I mean, Twitter could, could continue as a platform, but they definitely have lost a lot of their revenue dollars. They've lost trust. They might have to reinvent themselves as something else. They could be a platform for other purposes and reasons. But I don't know that Twitter would be the platform for verified identities. Like You have to regain that trust that you lost. Uh, with the subscribers? No, I think um, from Twitter's standpoint to be, um, uh, you know, to since then, since that issue happened, they have tried to pivot and they've tried to change some of the things. 
Um, for example, um, they announced that they would have an official label uh, for certain entities uh, like government organizations and uh, media outlets. Uh, so in addition to having a check mark, um, the Twitter product manager announced that they would have a label that says official account um, on the profile. Now, they also came back and said that they are kind of they are going to hold off of on on that. Um, and then last night, right? Um, last night, Musk tweeted that the whole Blue Verified um, is going to be the launch of that is going to be um, uh, in a in a holding pattern uh, until they they are confident of stopping impersonation, which is exactly what we thought is gonna was gonna happen. Um, even even before the, this and our latest announcement came, you know the whole reason why we scheduled this podcast on this particular topic was was exactly this. We knew that this was going to happen, uh, and he has also commented that uh, maybe they would use a different color, different color check for organizations than individuals. So I do sense that they are learning from these mistakes. Uh, they are probably going to uh, pivot and come up with a better process. Uh, for for verification, uh, it could maybe it is a uh, it is going to be a paid model as well as something that needs to be verified. It could be a combination of two, especially for organizations, right? Not so much for individual users, but I think for enterprises and organizations, maybe they would eventually have a model where you would have to go through verification. Maybe you would have to have a paid account. Uh, or a combination of both is that's how I see them kind of implementing this. Um, now, for individual users, I and I'm guessing here, I think their their tactic is if you uh, if you make it as a paid uh, account, then that's going to prevent a lot of these bots and um, you know uh, fake uh, the troll forms, you know, creating accounts and tweeting. So it could prevent them because it's going to they're going to increase a lot of cost if, if they don't pay. Um, and and the other aspect to this whole thing is um, Musk also tweeted that Twitter is going to be a space for freedom of speech and not freedom of reach. Basically, what he was trying to say was you have to you have to pay uh, to get maximum reach. So if you don't have a paid account, you may not get the audience that you want. So that would also prevent some of these um, uh, the, the troll accounts from signing up for multiple bots and then tweeting negative messages. That's how he's justifying this whole process and what they're trying to do. Now, coming back to your question, whether is Twitter going to be uh, a place for verified identity? I don't think so. I don't think uh, they should be. Uh, there's still a space for social media and for individuals and, and enterprises to kind of send out messages. I mean, it's a great tool for sending, uh, for, for mass communication, right? If, if you are an enterprise, it's a great tool. But does identity live there? Um, I personally don't think it should be there. Yeah, and they're going to have to do something they never done before. So when we go back to look at what was the process before uh, the purchase blew for eight bucks a month, and they put in just three categories of authenticate, notable, and active. And Numerical went through this process uh, to be or authentic, not authenticate. Sorry, they don't use those words. <laughs> they don't use the words authentication, verification. Uh, to be authentic, uh, you just had to provide a website, an ID verification, like a driver's license, and an email address. 
Like, mm. okay, um, I do know that fraudulent actors can obtain those items. To be notable, this is where uh, Numerical kind of struggled. They, they needed you to be popular, a.k.a. <laughs> can we put ads and make money off of you? That's probably what that portion of the uh, blue check mark, because they really probably didn't want to get blue check marks anybody other than those they could do marketing ads through that had a lot of followers. And then you just had to be active. That's it. Have an active account. So it left a lot of real viable entities, real individuals, unable to get a blue check mark. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the switch got made to the, um, like I said, a credit card, a phone number, and $8 a month. And it's like they went from kind of a really exclusive, had nothing to do with identity to get blue check mark, to just, hey, anybody can get it. As long as you have a credit card and a phone number, you can say whatever you want. It just absolutely took any concept of identity and verification and threw it on the floor. So when you shared with me that Musk had tweeted about, okay, we're going to put a pause, my response to you was, yeah, they now have to go into a territory mm-hmm. they know absolutely nothing about. And I say they know absolutely nothing about because, well, we got rid of everybody who may have actually known something about it. <laughs> We've been doing entity identity and its complexities for five years, and there's still more that we learn every day. It's not something that you can just pop up overnight. So while you say they won't be an identity platform, that's what they actually have to grapple with first. Are they because they will either have to establish what I verified identity looks like and then they'll have to consider individuals versus businesses. Oh, by the way, that's different data that you're going to look at. And what are the policies? Just because I have an identity and I'm verified, does that qualify me to have a blue check mark? What does that mean for their advertisers? There's just there's a lot of questions. So they just in order to put some trust back in the blue check mark. Twitter has to figure out who they are. Right. And I, and I think um, they are going to uh, make a few changes, a lot of changes, and then eventually figure it out. Now, the advantage or the position that they have uh, in the ecosystem also helps. I mean, there is no viable alternative to Twitter today. Right? So that is probably their, um, you know, the, they're so far ahead in terms of uh, not having any major competitor. They can probably risk doing some of these things and, and then eventually getting it right. So as long as they don't have a, have another player coming in and taking this over, I think they, they are probably going to experiment a little bit and figure out, eventually figure out how this is going to shake out. Yeah. And I want to talk about how why we're even talking about Twitter and why does it roll over into um, the world of messaging? And look, social media is just another communication channel. Communications occur via voice, text, email, and social media. Those are outlets through which a business, and we're going to just focus on entities for a moment here as we close this out. Businesses want to be able to reach their consumer. I'll I'll say an entity, because a hospital would want to be able to reach its patient. Um, When you have an entity or an organization that wants to communicate, they're going to use multiple forms of communication. And the trust of the identity is critical down every single path. It doesn't matter. So that's why this Twitter situation that happened, I, I... I've talked about it in the voice side, and these we we have about, oh my gosh, the moment that we get 
this verified identity wrong one time, the whole thing's unraveled. I really was not expecting, nor did I ever predict that the unraveling of the check mark would actually come from a social platform. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really wasn't <laughs> expecting that. It caught me off guard. Um, but it's got lessons there that we need to apply and double down on this KYC. There's a reason why filing ex partes with the FCC and trying to bring the attention up all the way to the top because we're raising the red flag that what we just witnessed on the Twitter platform, we can see occur on the voice channel. And here's what's scary. The Twitter platform's owned by a single entity. It's got its own board. It's it's controlled. Communications is multiple individual companies. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of businesses that keep that infrastructure up and running. If we allow bad actors into that infrastructure, it affects everybody in the ecosystem that's supporting it. It won't matter if I'm like, well, I'm carrier A and you can trust the data that comes to me. It's not going to work that way. It means that the entire communication infrastructure has lost trust when we allow that in. That's what terrifies me. Right. And, you know, Twitter is more of a, it's like a microblogging platform, right? So the messages are, are uh, for the, you know, it's asynchronous, um, especially from an enterprise perspective. You're doing, you could, you could have some kind of um, uh, real-time communication, but it's, it's more to, more that, more often than not, it's, it's asynchronous. You push a, a message and then whoever is subscribed to it is going to get it. But in the case of voice, it's slightly different. Your communication is more real time, and having having to push identity and information, you have to get that right uh, the first time around. There's no there's no um, uh, making a mistake and coming back later on. Right. So it's very critical in that sense, and there's a slight difference between how Twitter and voice communication is set up in general. And I think this too is definitely going to drive uh, potential regulations around things like i mean this has definitely gotten the attention (laughs) of our lawmakers our rule makers that uh perhaps there do need to be some controls there needs to be a standard look we have this in banking there is definitely far more controls on the verification of entities who get access to um, storing funds and moving funds and that's a global adoption of how do we put controls and protections in place. Um, So that's another thing that, you know, Numeric will definitely be watching that. um, But don't be surprised that something comes out of this. So how do you see, uh, from our clients' perspective, how do you see Numeric help help them navigate this whole thing? Uh, Do you you see any... um, move for us in terms of how we help brands in in uh, let's take twitter, twitter as an example in social media as a communication channel yeah i think from the enterprise uh and we use the word interchangeably brand enterprise um <clears throat> whatever image uh an organization is presenting publicly um that conversation as i mentioned earlier it's happening at the c level now there, you're, you have executives at organizations who are now going, wait a minute, someone can impersonate our identity. So there's now awareness and there likely are projects, initiatives kicking off going, where else do we have a vulnerability mm-hmm. that someone can impersonate our brand? 
And that is a very real thing in communications. Um, spoofing allows for brand impersonation. I know we've seen a lot. Um, Umail is the one that comes to mind that has solutions on uh, identifying based on looking at traffic of who's pretending to be you. That's a Marriott is a huge case where that was, you know, hey, we had serious issues that impacted our organization. Other people were presenting as us. Uh, so on the voice channel, I think perhaps it might be more heightened. The enterprises might have far more expectations that when their calls are signed, that they're signed verified, that their identity is verified, and that no one else can mimic them, especially with brand solutions, that no one else can come in and pretend and pose to be them and get access to the presentation layer. I, I expect that from enterprises. Yeah, and you know, fair enough. I, I also think that enterprises would need to have some way of managing their identities across all channels. Um, and that's something that we can we can help and work towards uh, building a solution that addresses that. Um, on Twitter, to you know, as closing thought, I do think that eventually they would move towards um, a way that that they would that we would either would move towards a protocol layer that could help them uh, with all this. Uh, because I, you know, there are there are a few things that Jack Dorsey, who's the founder of Twitter, has mentioned before, and he's also a big proponent of what is called as uh, the at protocol, uh, which is a way to federate identities across social media platforms uh, by having a single at, uh, you know, XYZ as your address, and you can communicate with users across platforms. So I do think that they would eventually move towards that and maybe identity lies there and it kind of becomes part of that protocol. But that's something that's way out there. Uh, it's it's uh, between uh, Musk and uh, Darcy, there have been some exchanges that came to light as part of the litigation process that Twitter and Musk went through, where they talk about uh, you leveraging this protocol. They're also talking about uh, maybe there is a way for them to uh, use blockchain or uh, to store and pass messages and even charge per message. Uh, so as a user, you you have an identity, you post a message on the blockchain, and then that that, that triggers a um, uh, a paper message kind of uh, um, service. So all of those things could eventually happen, but I do think um, that's something uh, to watch for. Um, especially the protocol layer that they're talking about. So more to come on that as we see some things move. As always, we'll uh, we'll get that out into the sh into the show. So with that, I think let's see if we have any questions. Uh, uh, looks like we don't have any any questions from our audience. Um, any closing thoughts, Rebecca, on um, on this particular? Uh, topic. Yeah, I, I would just kind of put it into a category of what we've learned. Now, we've we've definitely talked about this more than just what we're talking about on this podcast. Um, some key things is there should be absolutely no confusion on identity. When verification is driven by monetization instead of truth and transparency, trust will crumble and exploitation will reign. So this cannot happen in the voice channel, sounding the alarm. Uh, secondly, there is no compromise on the verification process. We have this experience at Numerical. Some don't like to get their identity verified. They say, don't you know who I am? I have a ticker, don't care. We cannot compromise 
on the verification process. Third, entities should have control over which platforms present their information and who can leverage their brand. This is going to look different, I think, across multiple communication channels, but that fundamental belief should be there for all communication channels. And then for social media, let's be very clear, it is another communication channel like voice where trust now has to be returned. All right, great. Thanks for that great summary, Rebecca. Uh, with that, I think we are coming to a close. Uh, thank you for everybody who, is, uh, who joined today, um, uh, this Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, we will be skipping the next session and closing out our season two on uh, Tuesday, December the 13th. Uh, it's been such a great season with some amazing experts and uh, hosts, uh, all of which we will be reviewing and looking back in our season finale. We hope to see you there. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tuesday Talks, your source of truth in the communications industry. We'll be skipping our regular scheduled podcast and returning on Tuesday, December 13th for our season two finale. Rebecca and Denise will take a look back on some of the topics, guests, and wonderful new hosts we've had this past season and wrap up season two with some predictions for the future of delivering identity and communications in 2023. We hope to see you there.